Hello, hello, ladies. Welcome back to another episode of Journey of a Fearless Female. Today, my guest is Linda Sunshine West. She is a global mastermind coach, a speaker, and author of The Year of Fears. She is one of the executive producers of the Wishman movie that hits theaters on June 7th and the founder of Living Live, Inc. Everybody, please welcome my guest, Linda Sunshine West. Hello, it's so great to be here, Pei. I'm excited to be on your podcast because I've been watching you for about a year and a half and <laughs> excited to be here in studio with you. Thanks for having me. I know, I'm excited that you actually drove down and I love when people come into studio because it's so much better because I could talk to you in person. Yes. <laughs> so tell us about your year of fears. Ah, well, the year of fears was in 2015 and actually what happened was the morning of January 1st, 2015, I woke up and I said, I need to do something different with my life because I had just started a journey of self-discovery the year before Mm -hmm. and things were changing for me and I was learning more about myself, who I am. I had so many fears inside of me Mm -hmm. that I said, I'm going to face a fear every day. A lot of people say 365 fears. How'd you have that many fears? Well, I I have a lot. Yeah, exactly. See, so you can (laughs) understand. (laughs) I can count a lot. (laughs) Exactly. And so I just decided I was going to face a fear every day. So what I did is every morning, the first thing I did when I woke up is I would ask myself out loud, what scares me? Yeah. And whatever was the first thing that popped in my head, I had to do that day. Ooh. And so I didn't jump out of any airplanes. It wasn't, nothing cost me money. It wasn't like, oh, it was an expensive year. No, all my fears were so deep rooted, deep in my my soul, in my heart, in my head and all this. They were so deep that they were all personal journey development fears that I had to face. Yeah. So I did that every single day for a year. Oh my gosh, the results were, I didn't know what the results were going to be. I was just like, I got to do something different, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And the results were way, way better than I ever would have imagined in my own mind. Now, what made you get on this discovery journey? Like what sparked that? Uh, Yeah, it was actually, it was August of 2014. I remember like (laughs) some of these things are such like such pivotal points in our lives, right? That we remember when, you know, remember the the dates. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) The day your kids were born, the day you got married, these things. But this was like so important to me is I was working at a job first before that. I had had 49 jobs. 49 49 jobs. Oh my gosh. I think I have about 20 jobs. So I'm right there with you. (laughs) I've never figured out exactly what I'm great at. So I was always like, okay, I'll try this. I'll try that. I'll try this. (laughs) Yeah. But you learned a lot, right? You got to learn to get more well-rounded. And so with my 49 jobs, my 49th job, I was working for a judge in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. So for what I was doing, I was a legal secretary. So for what I was doing, I had made it to like the the ultimate job I could have had in the entire state of California because I was working for the number two judge in California and he was in San Diego, which is where I live. Mm-hmm. Number one judge was up in Sacramento and I was not going to go up there. So I was working for this guy and I just was so bored. I, I absolutely... <laughs> hated my job. You know, how many of you can relate to hating your job, right? Totally relate. I have had so many jobs and I, I actually, I was just listening to a YouTube video about some Seth Godin, you know, Seth Godin. And he was saying, telling a story about an executive who basically just shuffled papers on his desk and made (laughs) $70,000 a year. And I was like, yep, I did that. I had a job for a real estate company. And I remember I had nothing to do for six of the eight hours I worked. So for two hours, I got my job done. But for six hours, I had to pretend to work because I had nothing else to do. Yeah. (laughs) 
and I think a lot of people are in that situation. And for me, like, that's not satisfying. No. And that's not putting me who I am to work, like really, you know, using my purpose, right? Which I didn't know what my purpose was at that time. Yeah. But, you know, just driving to work every day is like, oh my God, I hate this job. I just hate it. Yeah. It could be depressing. Yeah. Oh, it was. Almost like, okay, you said that you got the job that was the best job you could possibly Mm -hmm. get. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I should be happy. Mm -hmm. Why aren't I happy? Why aren't I excited to go to this job that somebody else would die to have? Yeah. And there were women that were like, whoa, I'm so envious. And I wish I had your job. I'm like, I wish you did too. (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't. You're like, no, you don't wish you had my job. (laughs) I think the title and the prestige of people thinking like, oh, I'm this, I'm that. And they realize it's actually not as fun as you think. No, no, it wasn't at all. It was interesting. I was, I felt like I was driving myself to my own personal prison that I built oh. for myself. Cause you know, I built that. Like I was 20 years as a legal secretary of my 49 jobs. I had seven jobs as a legal secretary. Yeah. And it's like, I built myself up to that. I started I from totally you know, the beginning and then like, I, I was making almost six figures as a secretary. I mean, that's a lot of money yes. as a secretary, you know? So I really had made it. And so one day, I was at work and I was on Facebook, you know, we're not supposed to be on Facebook, no personal stuff, you know. No, I told you, I used to to have my Google chat at the very bottom of my screen so I could talk to my friends. (laughs) Yeah, but for six hours, right? Yeah, right. "Ah." So something came up in one of the groups I belonged to and it was this post from this woman and she said, I've been a life coach for 20 years. I took five years off and I'm getting back into it. I'm looking for five women who want to change their life. And I was like, I'm in, I want to change my life. I don't know this woman. I don't have any, like, I didn't know her credentials or anything, yeah. but I knew that she, it sounded like she was the right person for me. Yeah. It was what you needed at that mm-hmm. moment. And boy, was it, cause that was what started me to discover who I am, what value I have and that I need to do something different, you okay. know? So that was in August of 2014 when I started that journey with her. So by November of 2014 was when I was, I was driving to work one day and I was, I just felt like, I don't know what your religious beliefs are, you know, but I felt like, oh my God, he just talked to me and he said, you're on the wrong path. Yeah. Listen to me now. Uh-huh. Like you're ready to listen. And I did. I, I walked into work and I turned in my notice that day. Were they shocked? My boss wasn't there. Like he was out of the country. He traveled a lot. So uh-huh. he wasn't there. So he didn't even hear from it and hear about it until I was gone. Yeah. So... <laughs> And, you know, there were only two other people I worked with. It was such a small office. You were bored to death anyway. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) They were all bored to death. They didn't even know what happened. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm a social person, you know, so that was like, like I said, putting myself into my own prison, prison, right? My own prison. And so I, you know, I gave my notice and I quit my job and I was going to follow my dream and passion of helping people. Mm -hmm. But you didn't know how that. I had no idea. I didn't know what I was going to do, how I was going to make money. Yeah. I just knew what I wasn't going to do anymore. Yeah. Because, you know, my my mother lived her life with so many regrets. And so when she got to the end, my dad passed away and then my mom passed away three years later. And during that three years, she told me, she's like, there's so many things I never did because of, you know, dad, like my yeah. dad prevented her from doing a lot of things. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to live my life with regrets. Right. So I left the job not sure what I was going to do. I jumped without a net, you know. Were you afraid? Not at all. You just knew that something was going to happen. Because I had my faith. You know, that was the thing is that when, you know, when I was spoken to, right, and said, you're on the wrong path, get on the right path. I'm going to help you. I'm going to guide you. Yeah. I had total faith. And even though like 
I mean, I spent and lost, invested a lot of money, mm-hmm. like almost all of our money I lost. Wow. And I, but I still have that faith. Like I still was like strong in my faith is strong. And every day I wake up and I'm like, what can I do today? What am I going to do today that's going to help me to to reach that success that's down the line? I don't know where it is, but I know it's there. Yeah. So like, was your husband completely like on board or was he like, you've lost your mind? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I've been with him at that time. I'd been with him for 27 years. Uh And so he knew about all the jobs, right? Mm -hmm. But when I came home, (laughs) that's because I quit my job. Then I came home and told him, Yeah, right? (laughs) So I'm like, hey, um, by the way, I turned in my two-week notice today. He's like, okay. You're like, what's next? You know? (laughs) And I said, and we're selling the house. Now, the house had been in my family since I was two years old. Okay. And so it was my childhood home, but there was a lot of abuse in my household. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have any positive emotional connection. To the house. To the house at all. Let's get, burn this place down. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Exactly. Let's make some money out of it first. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But he, he came into my life at a time where my, my dad was not as, as abusive. And Mm -hmm. so my husband knew my dad as a different person than I did. Yeah. And so he loved my dad and he had an emotional connection to that house. Mm -hmm. So I said, we're selling the house. And he said, we're not selling the house. And I said, (laughs) you don't understand. I'm selling this house with or without you. Wow. God has told me what I need to do. And we need to sell the house in order for me to do that. Oh my gosh. And your husband, he's probably looking at you like you've lost your marbles. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he's a sensible man and he's a religious man. Mm -hmm. So he said, I get it. You're serious. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. And we sold the house in a week. Wow. Yeah. It's like everything just started moving, you know? Yeah. Because when you are on the path, the universe conspires Mm -hmm. to bring everything. Yes. Yeah. It just happens. It's like you're unfolding. It is. And it's really like, like, really like everything was unfolding my brain, you know? Yeah. <laughs> because like my, my mindset, I grew up in this poor mindset, you know, having, not knowing where anything was going to come from. Like, were we going to eat next month? Were we going to have clothing? Like I had hand-me-downs my yeah. whole life, you oh, know? I feel like you're like my kindred spirit. Oh, there you go. <laughs> everything, everything you're saying is exactly how I lived. <laughs> yes. I think a lot of us live that and maybe we don't talk about it and maybe not because we're embarrassed or what have you, but. But it just doesn't come in conversation. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't imagine it. Cause I've met Linda in several different functions like Secret Knock and Velocity and other, you know, conferences. And she's just got this light about her. She's always like walking around and talking to everybody and hi, hi. Like she definitely is Linda Sunshine. Like she does bring (laughs) sunshine wherever she comes, but you would never expect that. But people say the same thing about me. Like Mm -hmm. I would never expect that that's how you grew up. Like that's how you, that was the environment you grew up in. And so yeah, it's just crazy to me because everything that you're saying, I'm like, me too, me too, me too. <laughs> right. It's, it's a different kind of me too movement. Yeah, totally different. <laughs> it's a childhood me too. Uh, yeah, it it is interesting because when we, like when I met you, the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. I, I met you at the Del Mar races. I remember yeah. it was with Greg Reed. And when I met you, I had no idea what your past was because I met you that day. Yeah. And and then when I found out, because you were, you were talking about this a little bit before and it's like, wow, you know, we have a lot of similarities and you just don't know who you're talking to. No. What they've experienced until you actually dive in and learn about them. Yeah. And spend time with That's them. That's what I love about like this journey of a fearless female is like every woman I meet and every woman that I interview, it's like, wow, I would have never guessed that about you. I would have never guessed that this was your journey because you've only seen them either in the middle or at the end of their journey. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, you've, you've come a long way. Yeah. 
Oh. Well, you know, one story I love to share is that I ran away when I was five years old mm-hmm. and I was gone for an entire week. Where did you go? Yeah, the first question everybody <laughs> always asks, right? Like, you know, I only ran away to the neighbors, <laughs> but I was gone. Like yeah. that was in my intention. I mean, imagine you're five years old. Mm-hmm. My intention was to be gone forever. Yeah. It was not to be gone a week. It was not to be gone a day or, you know, like pack up your lunch and come back that night. It yeah. wasn't that. It was intended to be gone for ever. But what happened was my mom knew I was there, but I didn't know she knew. Yeah. So I was gone. Mm-hmm. In my mind, <laughs> I ran away. Yeah, I ran away. I'll never go back it there. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> and so a week later, my mom called up the neighbor and she said, okay, it's time to send Linda back. <laughs> and so I came back home. And what's interesting to me is I think about that and I realized that that was, that was like that moment in my life when I was five that I started to shut down. Because any five-year-old who runs away for permanent, yeah. it has a leader in them, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm I like, I'm not going to take it. I'm out of here at five. Yeah. And so I was a leader at that age. But when I got sent back home, I shrunk and I became very uh, fearful. I, you know, like my dad, the things that my dad did, it caused a lot of fear in me to make mm-hmm. me not speak out. I used to be a person who would sit in the back of the room. I like now I'm on stages and in, yeah. I'm doing all these things. Like I'm I can't imagine you sitting in the back of the room. Yeah, but I was sitting in the back of the room, terrified yeah. that somebody was going to talk to me oh. or that they were going to call on me. Yeah. I was never the student in class that raised my hand because what if I had the wrong answer? Oh my goodness. You know, I had so many fears about being judged. That was like one of my biggest fears was fear of judgment. Mm-hmm. And it caused me to shrivel down and to just be quiet and not ever speak my mind. Yeah. So I'll share with you the moment I realized that I had value. Mm-hmm. And it was when I was working with that life coach in 2014, I started attending some workshops and seminars and things like that. And I was attending an all women workshop. There were like 14 of us sitting around a table and the lady putting on the workshop asked a question. And I do not know why, but this is like the first time in my life, my hand shot up in the air. Like, I've got the answer. I've got like, you know, I was like a, a kid, you know, I'm like, I think I was, I was 51 years old. I'm uh-huh. like, I got the answer. And I raised my hand and she called on me. And I actually stood up, which I was like, again, like, who is, who am I? I don't, uh, who is this person, you know? Yeah. But I was challenging myself to, to do more. And I said, whatever it was I said, and then I sat down. The two women next to me said, oh my God, that was brilliant. Can you repeat it? I want to write it down. But it was so cool because I had always thought I had no value. Yeah. I'm stupid. My, my ex-husband told me how stupid and ignorant I was yeah. on a daily basis. So I believed him that I was stupid and ignorant. So I never wanted to say anything out loud because people would see how stupid and ignorant I was. Yeah. So when they said that, that was brilliant. I want to write it down. I was like, oh my God. And I looked up into the light fixture. You know, I just looked up and I was like, I myself, I didn't say this out loud. <laughs> I have value. Yeah. From this point forward, you will share your voice every opportunity you have. That's awesome. And it was since that moment that I've been doing that. So I have every opportunity I have to speak, to share my voice, that there might be something I say that somebody might say, oh, I can do that too. Yeah. I know that's that's my purpose here. And that, you know what? You have actually been an inspiration to me mm. because I met you at that event and then I met you at Secret Knock afterwards and you're, I had told you what I wanted to do. I think it was either that or one of the another events that I told you that I wanted to launch Fearless Female. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my God, I can help you. Like, let's do this. And I didn't do it. 
you know, but that entire year that I was like thinking about it mm-hmm. and like, and I, I had all these fears holding me back. I was watching you on Facebook. And even though you think that you're not like making a difference, watching your Facebook lives, watching everything that you were posting and on Facebook. And like, I was like, she really has no fear. She's really just doing it. I need to be like her. Like Mm. I need to just stop allowing my own fears, the same fears of judgment and shame. And like, you're not good enough or not worthy enough. Or like you said, feeling ignorant. I was like, she doesn't care. I need to feel that way. Like I want to be a piece of Linda just to not care. You know what I mean? To like allow myself to let go of the fears. You got me goosebumps. Because you think you're not making a difference, but you actually are. You've made a big impact on me. And definitely you were one of those people that I was looking at. And I'm like, if she can do it, I can do it. You know, and it's, I think we forge ahead for other females Mm -hmm. that because we think we're like, you know what? I don't know. It's just a, a different way of thinking, you know, like, okay, you grew up in the same type of environment, Yeah, you know? you're not good enough, you're not worthy, who who are you, sit back down, stay in the corner, you know, but we all have a voice mm-hmm. and we all have a, a thing to teach someone else. And you have, you even though you didn't think you were teaching somebody, you actually taught me by watching you, like you were a good example for me. Wow, thank and you. And for that, I just wanted to say thank you. Well, gosh, thank you. That's, um, that's why we need to share our voice, yeah. right? That's exactly why, because like you doing this podcast and you stepping up and saying, okay, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. Uh, we all have fears. You know, mm-hmm. I was talking to a gentleman who has an IQ of 197, mm-hmm. you know, Walter O'Brien, right? Yeah. And I was, cause I was asking a bunch of people, do you have any fears? Do you have any fears? Like these people, you and I know a lot of people who are like multimillionaires and billionaires, right? And I asked them and every single one of them said they had, they had a fear. Yeah. Well, Walter, the guy at 197 IQ, his fear is of boredom. <sighs> so it's a fear. It's a fear, though. It's a valid fear for him. And someone else I know has said, my fear is the fear of insignificance. I don't want to be insignificant. Yeah. And this is someone I know who's extremely successful and is extremely significant, but they still have this fear of becoming insignificant. Yeah. And it's it's so interesting. Fear is debilitating and it stops us from doing so many things, but it can also fuel you, right? Yeah. So I've turned because I did every single day for 365 days facing a fear. Oh my gosh, my fear of judgment has totally disappeared. Um, I used to be a perfectionist. I was uh, one of the jobs, one of the many jobs I had. I did it for 25 years was I uh, was a proofreader for the court system. Oh, really? And because of that, I had to be perfect, right? Mm -hmm. So I realized that I had this fear that if I made a mistake that people would judge me. Mm-hmm. So I started intentionally making, making errors <laughs> so that people would see, oh, she's not perfect. She's human. Yeah. You know, I used to be accused, I like to air quotes, accused <laughs> of being perfect. You know, I'm like, I'm not perfect. Why do people think I'm perfect? Because <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't perfect. Yeah. And But people, that was the perception of people because out in the public eye, everything I did was perfection. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't perfect. Yeah. You know? So it's just um, perfect or not perfect. People are still going to say something mean or negative. I mean, there's always going to be that person that is still hurting, that hasn't Mm -hmm. done any self-development, that are still like licking their wounds from childhood that are going to lash out at you. Yeah. And that's one thing that I've learned that like I can't let those people stop me from being what I want to be 
or stop me from believing in my dreams. Yeah, because if you think about it, right, there's people who believe in you mm-hmm. and there's people who don't believe in you. But who do you listen to? Oftentimes, people don't believe me. Exactly, right? <laughs> so what if we switched our thoughts? So I, I started doing that. I actually did an exercise where people would, like you sit on a chair mm-hmm. and then people in the room would say like one word, you know, like single words about you, like um, adjectives. Okay. So beautiful, smart, kind, you know, these kinds of words, right? Like some of them are leader or pioneer. Mm-hmm. And I had this list and it was a list of like 26 words that people saw about me. And I looked at the list and I didn't believe any of those things about myself, wow. none of them. And so I started carrying that list around with me and doing like my creating my mantras, you know, mm-hmm. I am statements. And the I am statements that I used were the ones that they saw in me. Ooh. Because I knew, I intuitively knew that they were right mm-hmm. and I was wrong because I was saying all the negative things that I had heard growing up, you know? Yeah. And these people saw greatness in me that I didn't. And so I started saying, I am a pioneer. I am a leader. I am. And then I started believing those things. That's awesome. So I have a a saying that I made up is be brave and share your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. For in your weaknesses, others see your strengths. Ooh. See, they saw everything I was doing as strong Mm -hmm. and I saw it as weakness. Yeah. But so once I started adapting and believing what they saw in me, I realized that I am that person and now I'm going to be that person and become that person and live as that person on a daily basis. Yeah. Totally changed my mindset. Just flip it, you know? Yeah. So throughout this entire year, was there one funny one or weird one that you were just like, I can't believe I'm actually afraid of this. And then you got through it and you're like, that wasn't so bad. Well, actually, (laughs) actually, everyone was like, I I can't believe I'm afraid of this. (laughs) Every single one was like, ah, one of them was eating in a restaurant by myself. Oh, really? Because I had a fear. See, because a lot of our fears, Mm -hmm. I believe, especially the fears of judgment, Mm -hmm. the fears of judgment that we have are because we're placing judgment on others for those things. So for example, when I would go to a restaurant with my husband and I would see somebody alone, in my mind, I was like, oh, that poor person, they must be lonely. Yeah. They must not have anybody. Uh That's how I saw it. That was just my mindset. It's because when we're little and we're in, in elementary school, the person that's sitting alone at a table mm-hmm. has no friends. Yeah. And it sucks to have no friends. So we're like almost predisposed to that feeling every time, even as older as we get, we even think like, oh, that person is by themselves. They have no friends. Nobody wants to sit with them. Right. They're an outcast. And even now in movies, they show that. In like high school movies, they show, oh, if you're sitting alone at a table, it's pathetic and you're a loser. When really, it's very nice (laughs) (laughs) to be alone. (laughs) Which is what I discovered. So so that morning I woke up and I said, what am I scared of? I'm scared to eat at a restaurant by myself. Mm -hmm. So I went to the restaurant and I, they ask how many. (sighs) And so, right, there's always that just one, Mm -hmm. you know, so I didn't say just one. I said one. Yeah. I was like confident, right? <laughs> One. And so I went and sat down. I ate my meal and I, I looked around to see if anybody was looking. I mean, I was so scared of being there by myself. Yeah. And so I looked around and nobody was 
nobody even know I was there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I, I had this tremendous fear, right? And so now I go everywhere by myself. Like yeah. when you see me at places, I'm always going by myself. Yeah. Because I realize my husband doesn't like to do all the things that I do. So why am I trying to force him to do something? Yeah, that he doesn't want to do. Yeah, exactly. And why stop doing what you want to do because he doesn't want to do it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like, that was a big one for me because it helped me to see that I can go to the movies by myself. I can yeah. do all these things by myself. And you know what? I love doing it by myself. Yeah. And those those kids that are at the table all by themselves and everybody's looking at them and chastising them or whatever. What if they're actually happy by being by themselves? Being alone, right? Yeah. They want just a moment to like collect their thoughts or it's crazy because I actually would go to the movies by myself when I was single mm-hmm. and it took me a while. Like I was like, I'm going to go to the movies by myself. Like I would yeah. get myself ready. I would start to walk out the door and then like debilitating fear would like take over my body. And I would be like, nope, I'll just sit home and watch a movie by myself. Like nobody will see me. But there was a time where I really wanted to see this movie Mm -hmm. and all my friends had already gone to see it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go because I really want to see this movie. And I had called everybody under the sun. Everybody had either seen it or didn't want to see it or couldn't go that day. And so I mustered up the courage and I went to the movies and it was the best thing I had ever discovered because I could sit wherever I wanted. I didn't have someone, (laughs) you know, interrupting me because they wanted to know what that person said on the screen or they wanted my opinion or they were talking to the screen or they were like, oh, I need to get over because I need to take a bathroom break. It was like the most like amazing experience to go to the movies by yourself. Yeah. And I did it for years because I was single for a long time, but I did it for years. And then one time I went to the movies and the guy at the ticket counter is like, by yourself alone. (laughs) And so then because he questioned me, I stopped going by myself because I felt like pathetic. Like, oh my God, he Mm. thinks I'm pathetic because I have no, no one to take me to the movie. Oh, right. Oh my gosh. And it's weird how one person, like you said, you could have a list of 25 great comments, but that one comment is what we focus on. That one negative one. So speaking about fear, right? Because that's like a fear kind of you know, that that's that fear that's getting in front of the way. So what if instead we changed our languaging, right? We said, oh, that person is is reflecting on them. Mm -hmm. So instead of us taking it in and and letting it guide us or direct us or, you know, have us react based on their issues. Yeah. What if we said, oh, that's how they feel. That's okay. That's like reflect it back to them, right? Yeah. So like they talk about this mirror image, like whatever's coming at us, it's reflection of a mirror. Mm-hmm. But what if I reflect it back to them? And yeah. I just say that, you know, what they said right there is not going to adversely affect me. Yeah, It doesn't. So that's what I do. When people say things, I try to really quickly, because you know, I don't want it to sit in my mind very long. No. So if they say something negative now, because I hear a lot of negative things still, you know, it's all out there. Mm-hmm. So it's just how I respond to it that is different. Mm-hmm. And it's really changed like my whole way of thinking that now when somebody says something negative, I just say, that's their thing. Yeah. I don't need to hold on to it. And I just give it back to them. <sighs> and it's good. it's amazing how it works. It's amazing because it keeps you from dwelling on it, and yeah. it keeps it keeps you from like making it yours. And you're like, no, 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 that's yours. <laughs> how many times have you gone to bed angry? Like, oh, many times. Either <laughs> with with a spouse or a family member, or like something was said from like one of your family members, right? And it just yeah. like pissed you off for weeks on end. Yeah, I've had that happen. Oh yeah. And like now I'm like, okay, you know what? That's that's their thing. 
Yeah. I don't need to, I'm, I'm who I am. They don't think that like some of my family think I'm really weird now, you know, because <laughs> I changed. Yeah. I'm not the Linda that was scared and terrified. Now I've totally changed into this. Like I'm out there, I'm you know putting myself out there and exuberant, you know, like yeah. all this stuff. And they're like, you've totally changed. You're not the same person. I'm like, you're right. I'm not, I don't want to be that yeah. person. This was the person I was meant to be. Yeah. Until everybody tried yeah. to smother me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause I grew up a people pleaser. Yeah. You know, when you, a lot of us who grew up in abuse, abusive families, we become people pleasers cause we got to be the peacemaker. We want to make sure that nothing yeah. bad happens. Yeah. Bad stuff still happens though, mm-hmm. but we want to do our best to make sure it doesn't or to, to calm it down. So I became a people pleaser, like my ex-husband, anything he liked, I liked anything he loved. I loved anything he hated. I hated. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what I liked, what I loved or what I hated. Yeah. You lost your self identity. hundred percent. Yeah. Now yeah. after finishing your year of fears, you decided to write it in a book and publish it. Yeah, well, actually, so I have a mentor. His name is Greg Reed. Uh-huh. And you know, I met Greg through this event called Secret Knock that you talked about yeah. a little earlier. And so I attended Secret Knock several times. And then I just kind of, you know, kind of got under his wing and he became my mentor. So after the year of fears was done, that was in 2015. It was about the middle of 2016. He said, so you keep mentioning this this year that you you've faced fears for a year and all this stuff and and I'm like yeah it was it was really cool I like to call it you know the, my year of fears and stuff and he says you should write a book about that and I was like I should <laughs> okay so I did you know, he said that that's just a great title of a book yeah so you really need to tell that story and tell people what you did and stuff I'm like okay I will so I did and and so then how did you become your because I saw that you are a mastermind coach and a speaker and an author like how did all of those things start to happen for you well it's uh, none of that stuff by the way none of this was ever on my mind of things that I would ever do mm-hmm. you know because I grew up in that mindset of oh that's for those people mm-hmm. like rich people do that stuff smart people do that stuff you know I was not rich I was not smart or any of that so I never imagined myself doing some of the things I'm doing like for example recently I had an opportunity and privilege to interview Wesley Snipes on the red carpet wow. of the Academy Awards after party mm-hmm. and you know like I've interviewed the president of Mexico Vicente Fox you yeah, know that's amazing it sat with Les Brown sat with um, Jack Canfield. Oh, I love Jack Canfield. Oh, I know he's like one of your faves. <laughs> he's right? one of my favorites. I, oh my gosh. I, I met him one time and I literally was like trembling because I was like, oh my God, it's Jack Canfield. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's so awesome because these things that have happened for me, because like you said earlier, right, the universe conspires for you, mm-hmm. you know, once things are in alignment. So it's as if like everything was in alignment. And so these things just started happening. Yeah. But, but if it hadn't been for me facing a fear every day and gaining the amount of confidence that I gained by doing that, yeah, I never would have done those things because I would have had so much fear. Yeah. You know, so I, I have no, it's not that I'm fearless. It's just, I see fear and I'm like, oh my God, that's just fear. Yeah. <laughs> do it anyway. You know, and so I do a lot of things that I'm fearful of, but because I know that the result on the end is going to be so much better yeah. than I ever imagined. Because these things, I, I couldn't have imagined them in my brain because mm-hmm. they just weren't things that I would ever do. No. Yeah. Well, the possibilities of it weren't presented to you, even Mm -mm. as a child. It wasn't presented to you. That's one of the things that I always talk about is you have to surround yourself with people that love the the infinite possibilities of life. Yeah. But if you hang out with people with limited beliefs, you're going to stay in that limited belief mindset. 
Otherwise, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're just never going to grow. You're just never going to grow. And to me, I just, I tell my friends, like, of course you think you can't do it. You're hanging out with all the same people that believe the same thing, that that's impossible. Like you said, the rich people get to do that or only that certain type of people get to experience those experiences. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like marrying my husband opened my mind to a completely different world that I didn't know existed. Yeah. And I'm and and ever since I married him, I'm like, wow, this and this. And I've met incredible people like you and Greg Reed and Dr. V and everybody who's just like, there's so much more to this life than mm-hmm. being stuck in a small like office attached to a cubicle. Yeah, attached. <laughs> making a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but being miserable, you know? Yeah. Right. You had your dream job, you got there mm-hmm. and you're miserable. Yeah, it was it was really bad, right? And like they say, if you're the smartest person in the room, go find a new room. Yes. And that saying is not it's not just a saying. The reality is that when you insert yourself into a room of people who are more brilliant than you and smarter than you, you end up becoming more brilliant and smarter yourself. Yes. Because you're surrounded by that. And I like to say instead of stepping like people say, step outside of your comfort zone. I like to say enlarge the size of your comfort zone. Every time you step out, you've actually grown. It's just like a balloon. Blow it up retract it, blow it up, it gets bigger, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's the same thing with your comfort zone. That's how I see it. But now even even better than that is, you know, one thing I discovered during that year of fears is when I invite you mm-hmm. to come into my comfort zone, I've helped you to enlarge the size of yours, but you come into mine. So now you feel comfortable. Yeah. Right. So if people say, hey, come with me, uh-huh. I'm going to take you with me to this location, then you're much more likely to be not as scared. Yeah. And so I love to invite people into my comfort zone. So the global mastermind coach, how that happened was I had belonged to some masterminds. There were some things I didn't like about the way they were run. And I'm like, I'm going to start my own. Yeah. I'm just going to start my own, right? So I started my own. It was about four years ago. Mm-hmm. Started my own mastermind. And I did it all for free because I had fears mm-hmm. about charging people. <laughs> right. So my was, first mastermind is free for that same reason. Exactly. <laughs> it's just this fear like, are, is anybody going to want to join? Are they going to get any value? you know, why would they pay this much money and like whatever fears come up for everybody. So I did it for three and a half years for free pay. Yeah. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> okay, cool. This is the first and only free one, ladies. Sign <laughs> up now. Go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the time it's over now. Yeah. <laughs> the free is over. So then it was only about, well, December of, of 2018 mm-hmm. when I decided I was going to offer it as a paid program. So it had been successful for three and a half years. I had helped people. You know, one of my clients tripled her income. Wow. One of them doubled her income. One of her, one of um, left her husband, which it wasn't because of the mastermind, but it's because <laughs> the confidence that she gained. He didn't like it. <laughs> right. No. Well, it, she had wanted to leave him for eight yeah. years. So she was like, bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, we're, it's a supportive group of women who yeah. are, are supporting women, not only in their business, but also in their personal lives. Yes. So giving women, because you know, my whole my whole thing is about sharing with, with women their value mm-hmm. and then helping them to share their voice with the world. So sometimes with the world is just in their household. Yeah. Like, so some of them are now like just 
having conversations with their husbands that they were too scared to have. Yeah. Like just that alone can change your business because now you're having confidence in the household, which translates to confidence in the business. Yeah. So my mastermind, it's all online. It's, you know, every bit of it. So it's all done through Zoom Mm -hmm. and always looking for new women who want to join the mastermind. I have this grand goal of, you know, what it's going to look like by 2022. There'll be 2022 women in this program that I am positively impacting, Mm -hmm. helping them to make a big change in their lives. And it was a fear of mine that I started. Yeah, It was, you know, through fears that I had that I started it and I didn't charge. And then now I'm charging. And it's like my whole life is you know, unraveling as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a perfect, you know, I'm not a cookie cutter person. No, we not. not no, none of us are. No, none of us. And so it's not like you're going to come into my box and, and I'm going to, everything's going to be cookie cut, you know, but <laughs> everybody's an individual and we work as every, with everybody as an individual. Mm-hmm. And I know like everybody has different needs and wants and but I help the women break through a lot of fears because of the fears that I've broken through. Yeah. I can help them break through those fears. You've been, you've been through the journey first. And so yeah. now you're like, all right, I figured it out, ladies. Come on, let's get yes, on this journey together. Right. <laughs> I'm going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much, Linda. But before we go, I always like to ask my guests to leave the women with a nugget of wisdom. Now, throughout your, your year of fears, what did you learn that you would love to leave as a nugget of wisdom? I'd say the the most important piece that I learned, you know, during that time was to see myself through the eyes of others. Okay. For others see the real me, right? So the nugget of wisdom there is that when people are giving you compliments, don't give excuses or reasons why they're giving you compliments, just accept them. Yeah. And then start to believe them. Yes. That's a beautiful nugget of wisdom. It's true. What what we see in ourselves is not anything what other people see in us. And yeah. what they see in us is the truth. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Linda, so much for being a part of the podcast this week. Thanks for listening, ladies. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and share the love by sharing this episode with your fearless female friends. Join me on Facebook at the Fearless Female Movement, on Twitter at Fearless Female 9, and you can find me on Instagram at Paola Rosser. Hope you have a beautiful week and tune in next week for another episode of Journey of a Fearless Female.